Hi, we're here from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about what children's drawings over the years can tell us about society's views on gender. Then, today's guest, Dr. Tony St. Ledger, will tell us why researchers are beginning to study the eye microbiome. Let's eye some curiosity. It goes without saying that the way we see gender has changed in recent decades. And new research shows a pretty surprising way you can see this, in children's drawings. For a study published in July 2019, psychology researchers in Germany discovered that the way children draw men and women has changed in the last 50 years. What their findings tell us about the way gender representations change over time is pretty interesting, so let's get into it. Back in 1977, researchers asked 839 German first graders to draw pictures of people. And in 2015, they asked 278 first graders to do the same thing. Then the researchers collected all of those drawings and narrowed down their sample size to make sure the drawings ended up coming from a roughly 50-50 split of girls and boys. The researchers categorized all the drawings they could identify as male or female and then looked at how details the children included could be gendered. Details like hats, necklaces, and bow ties. And there were some pretty big differences in the pictures researchers were able to identify as male or female. The 1977 drawings appeared to be 70% male and 18% female. But in 2015, the gender split evened out to 40% male and 47% female. Even more striking, in 1977, just 34% of girls chose to draw people of their own gender. In 2015, that number rose to 85%. At the same time, the newer drawings of women were more stereotypically feminine than they were in 1977, with more dresses, more jewelry, and more feminine hairstyles. That didn't happen with the masculinity of male figures. So why these changes? According to the researchers, the proportion of drawings from 1977 that depicted men suggests that back then, children heard the word people and thought men. So as gender equality has risen, so too have children's drawings of women as people. The researchers were a little less certain why the feminine attributes were more prominent. But one possibility is that stereotypically masculine accessories like weapons are looked down upon by teachers, and these children made these drawings in class. Another possibility is that feminine attributes have risen in status over the years. But the main thing to take away from this study is that gender representations and children's understanding of gender change over time, thanks to marketing, education, and societal values. We can turn to children's drawings of people to understand how they see the world around them and how that world might be changing. New research into the eye microbiome could help us prevent and treat ocular diseases. I'm talking about stuff like conjunctivitis, more commonly known as pink eye, which I've never had, but I hear is not very fun. I have not had it either, but I've definitely had people in my family with it, and it it is not pretty. Yikes. But whether you've had pink eye or not, we have a special guest to help you understand how studying the eye microbiome could help us treat it. Dr. Tony St. Ledger is an assistant professor of ophthalmology and immunology at University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine. And in June, he published a piece in The Conversation on the very subject of the eye microbiome. He'll tell us about some of the surprising discoveries researchers have made so far. But first, here he is with an overview of how the different microbiomes in your body work. So the intestinal microbiome is consisted of bacteria, and what we know is that these bacteria in the intestine generate an immune response. And this immune response is a very low-level immune response, and what we know from it is that it helps to maintain barrier integrity so you're not getting bacteria moving from your intestine into your bloodstream. 
you're also generating an immune response that sort of prevents other more serious bugs from infecting your intestine. Uh, you would think like C. diff infections. But also we know that immune response towards those bacteria in the gut also prevent autoimmune diseases like some colitis and some IBD, azo-inflammatory bowel disorder. So we had a thought that, yes, you have this nice symbiotic relationship between intestinal bacteria and the intestinal immune response. We hypothesized that there could be bacteria at the ocular surface doing something similar because if if you think about the eye, it's continually exposed to the environment and it's continuously exposed to bacteria, viruses, any sort of pathogens from you rubbing your eye to just being in the, in the air. And what we found was that we had these mice that are deficient in an immune factor that controls bacteria. It's called interleukin-17. And mice that were deficient in this immune factor actually developed a very, very severe conjunctivitis. These mice they developed such severe disease that their eyes swelled, basically swelled shut. So this told us two things, that, that bacteria could be living in this ocular niche, and we needed this interleukin-17 response to control these bacteria from overgrowing the system and causing a lot of serious disease. So we basically dosed our mice with, with a conventional antibiotic that's given to humans, gentamicin ointment, and we gave it topically for daily for six days. And after that, we saw a dramatic reduction in the immune response of the ocular surface. So they looked at some mice that were short on an immune factor that controls bacteria. Those mice developed a pretty bad case of pink eye. And then when researchers gave them a special antibiotic, their eyes got a whole lot better. And, you know, that's well enough and good that you see this response. We then asked, is this physiologically relevant? So after we treated these mice that had the good bacteria with antibiotics, we challenged them with pathogens known to cause ocular surface disease, and we found a dramatic reduction in the eye's ability to fight off um, Pseudomonas aeruginosa infection, which is known to melt the cornea, essentially, and uh, Candida albicans infection, which also causes some ocular surface disease. And so that's on the mouse side, but on the human side, we know that antibiotics are very routinely prescribed for for conjunctivitis cases. We see 60% at least of the conjunctivitis cases are prescribed antibiotics. However, we know a great majority, over 60% of conjunctivitis cases are actually caused by viruses. So we're, we're we have this over-prescription of antibiotics, which is seen in intestinal diseases, but we, we're now seeing it in the eye too, that antibiotics do appear to be over-prescribed. And now we're trying to see, we're trying to have a better idea of how we can better think about ocular surface disease so we're not just prescribing antibiotics immediately. Are you basically saying that when you get these antibiotic eye drops, they might clear up the symptoms, but that's just kind of a, a mask for what's actually happening and it's getting rid of really helpful bacteria and it's not actually doing anything to fight the virus? Right, so it does nothing to fight the virus. And in, in, some, t in some cases, the antibiotics don't even really speed up the alleviation of your symptoms. It may speed it up by a day if it's caused by bacteria, but usually a conjunctivitis case can be cleared by itself almost just as effectively without antibiotics. Antibiotics, man. Got to be careful with them. Hopefully more research into how the eye microbiome works can help doctors make the right calls when treating conditions like pink eye in the future. Again, that was Dr. Tony St. Ledger, Assistant Professor of Ophthalmology and Immunology at the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine. 
We'll put a link to learn more about Tony, including the full article he wrote on this for the conversation, in today's show notes. This was the first half of our interview, and you'll hear again from Tony tomorrow as we wrap up our discussion on the eye microbiome. And now let's recap what we learned today. Today we learned that kids are drawing men and women differently these days, and it shows how our understanding of gender changes over time, thanks to marketing, education, and societal values. And that studying the eye microbiome is helping us understand how to treat conditions like pink eye, and how we should be properly prescribing antibiotics. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Stay curious. Stay curious.